Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We about to party. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pump and make them bounce now. Flossing like they bossing in the Everybody, it's AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will, and uh, much like live TV, sometimes things happen, and we had a guest scheduled today who uh, suddenly can now no longer talk, and lucky for Stacy, we were both still available and free, so now Will and I are going to talk for a little bit, and I'm actually excited. I like these kinds of episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? This is my podcast expertise of just talking and shooting the shit, so yeah. uh, I, am, I am happy to do that, but yeah, um, I hope our guest gets well soon yes i guess small spoilers i somewhat dressed for the occasion and then wasn't able to to do that uh but either way yeah it, it, it'll make sense eventually so watch the video version figure it out <laughs> cryptid messages <laughs> yeah uh running running joke at work uh would would make it make sense but otherwise uh how are you uh, I'm good. It's kind of crazy. We're getting into the holiday season. It's weird to think that full gear used to be our last pay-per-view of the year. And now it's like, oh no, we got a whole nother one. <laughs> so we're ramping up towards it. Yep, We are headed towards world's end. And I know it's going to be a fun way to spend new year's. I'm like halfway contemplating staying in New York an extra day just to like oh. do the New York thing. But also I'm like, I should just go home. I, I was thinking about it, but the, the NHL Winter Classic is on uh, January 1st, and it happens to be in Seattle, so fingers crossed um, that I can get a hookup and I can go to that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that makes way more sense. I'd like, And there's a piece of me that's still like, I don't want to do Times Square in New York. That just sounds no. like a nightmare. But if I can be someplace that's like close by and high up, that'd be fun. And so I'm still thinking about it. Like right now, my travel has me coming home on the 31st. But if I decide to just stay that one extra day and ring in the new year in New York, I might do so. So, so one of my favorite New Year things that we ever did, and this is well before your time, is uh, during the pandemic, there were a handful of dynamites that happened right around the new year. I think one of the Jacksonville ones was on January 1st. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us had actually traveled to Jacksonville like on the 31st or there was one that was like two days after but AEW kind of like yeah AEW had set up like a little party for us and it was cool and it's in that awesome era like I've been talking to talent uh recently a lot about like the Jacksonville era and we're all getting nostalgic for it knowing that we're going back to Jacksonville kind of early January that it's like oh yeah we did all these little things and we felt like 
you know, it was this nice, like awesome vibe where like everywhere else the world was a scary place, but amongst us, it was this awesome, like touchy feely, I love you all type vibe. And it was great. We all dressed up super nice and there was a big party and it was awesome. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I remember seeing pictures of that. Some famous pictures. <laughs> yeah, there's some famous pictures. Oh, we had, like the one that goes around a lot uh, as fans were like pointing out was like, Seeing Adam Cole in those pictures, and it was like, wait a minute. That, that was always one of those things where it's like, oh my god, Adam Cole's an AEW party. It's like, yeah, you know who he's dating. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, people are allowed to have lives outside of work. People, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that was uh, that was always fun though. But like fans, like trying to pick out, like, oh, who's in this picture and who's in this one, and then it's like, hey, you don't be stupid. Like we know how this goes. Whatever. I love hearing from people about that time period because it is so interesting, and it is such a like it was such a dark time for fans but AEW was such a relief for people and so knowing that talent had that same relief having that same like hey this is a time for us to be together and do some cool stuff and have some fun stuff that's always a cool time to look back on it's it's weird to think that like enough time has passed that I am nostalgic about wrestling (laughs) matches at 2 a.m in the freezing cold December in Jacksonville (laughs) at the time I'm like I will never think about this in a positive light. But now I'm like, oh, I kind of miss it. Well, I mean, honestly, and I say this all the time, right? Like wrestling is inherently like a nostalgic thing. People always look back on things better in hindsight. I remember the first time I saw somebody say, man, I miss pandemic era wrestling. I actually got angry at them for a second. And then I realized, no, this is just the nature of wrestling fans. This is how they get. They always want to look back at something rather than appreciating what you have in the moment and the 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 stuff that happens now like i can't wait i i give it what's your prediction six months six months somebody's gonna post the the one match aubrey edwards ever had and it's gonna be like <laughs> man remember the good old days like that i guarantee you is one i hope of no one ever posts that <laughs> you shake your head at me but like it's one of those things where Again, fans are just always nostalgic for everything. And so I can always appreciate that. But we're in good times right now. Like genuinely, we are. I'm looking at we're in the middle of the Continental Classic, a tournament that features a who's who of stars in pro wrestling and stars in AEW. And we've already seen upsets. A lot happened at this point. And it's one of those things where anything can happen. And I love the fact that it's giving us matches that we didn't necessarily think we'd see this soon, right? Like, uh, I I look at the fact that we saw in the first week, Jay White and Roosh. Mm. That's just kind of a a crazy one to throw out in front of us. And I I thought they did excellently. They get when those guys came back to the curtain, high fives all around. I was very happy with, uh, with that match. And then, you know, when Swerve found out he was facing Jay Lethal and I looked it up because I'm like, I'm pretty sure you guys have never like, physically come in contact before really? this night and they had not this was the first time and uh they had had no prior matches with each other there was nothing and so it's cool that we're getting like first time matchups in this thing and like i said it features so many talented guys in the ring and it's delivering a lot of what i think AEW was built on which is that sports based presentation of professional wrestling my favorite side note about that match, the swerve Jay Lethal, is that Jay Lethal found out that morning he needed to be at work. So <laughs> props to our travel team for getting that man on a plane so that he could open dynamite. Like, what a professional. <laughs> oh, can we tell the story about you in that match? What did I do? <laughs> it's been so long. I don't even remember anymore. I've had like 20 matches since 20 then. seconds before you go 
out there. Oh my God. <laughs> How do I forget? It's this traumatic event. I've wiped it from my brain. <laughs> 20 okay, seconds right, so, before you go out there. Oh, it was closer to like 90, but like I'm panicking. Okay. Um, so to give some context, uh, the, there's this crazy, crazy thing that happened. Again, the like craziness of live TV, right? Like things just happen. So it is widely known because wrestling in 2023, the curtains peeled back a lot that referees have audio equipment. We have it for two reasons. One, so we can get production cues and relay them to the wrestlers, but also so we can communicate with medical in the event that there are situations that we need to uh, react to. It's two systems. It's an IFB, which basically is a receiver. So I have an earpiece and then there's a two-way radio so that I have a little lapel mic and I can talk to people. I have it plugged in. Like we're doing a couple dark matches and I'm just making sure that my audio works and all this stuff. And the two systems work together. So you can kind of like just turn it on and then check and make sure everything works without having to like interact with someone. And literally 90 seconds before we go live, I'm like, okay, I'll just do one more check. I flip on my switch and I can't hear myself. And I'm like, uh, what the hell? I'm like turning it on, turning it back off again, doing all the like computer uh, stopgap debugging stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's not working. It's not working. Okay, let me, and I'm going over to like, <laughs> going over to the audio guys, like shout out to Rob Horn <laughs> in audio, who is like giving me new earpieces and giving me new cables. And I'm like, okay, let's swap out this. Let's swap out that. He goes, okay, how much more time do you have? I'm like, I don't have any. And I just bolt out there and I'm panicking. I don't hear anything. I get the cue that like Doc can hear me. So one of the systems still works, but I literally have no audio and I've never been on live TV without the ability to hear at least somebody. So I'm panicking because we have the opening match. We have to hit commercial at a specific time. And I don't want this match to go too long because then it sets the entire show back. And now everyone else has to like react to this. So shout out to the audio team. I, I won't spoil all of the magic, but shout out to the audio team for trying to get things working um, and then making sure that I still got cues during the show anyway, which was so absolutely wonderful. And like, oh my God, those our production team does not get the props that they do for being able to like just fill in and help however is necessary, but it is incapable for us to do our jobs well without them. Absolutely. Like, holy crap. Um, it ended up being the cable that connected to my earpiece and my IFB broke. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's what the problem was. We found it out right after. And I was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> we're throwing this out, <laughs> burning it. <laughs> getting a new one just watching it like i said seconds but hey you're an absolute pro like i watched you out there and i'm like oh my god my poor aubrey but uh <laughs> it's uh, you can never tell when i'm panicking because i'm just like i'm here i'm reffing mm -hmm. whatever and i'm like i think we're at four minutes left till break i'm like i'm just making an educated guess and uh yeah, yeah we we got to the back and the guys are like uh did we did we hit the time and i'm like we were a little over sorry by the way i couldn't hear anything and they're like what <laughs> so like they had no idea that there was this issue happening i'm not panicking and that's sort of one of the things that i think just give props to the the ref team as a whole like we go through a lot of situations and there's a lot of like crazy things that happen last minute because of the nature of live tv and you can never tell because all of the performers are just there to do a job the audience doesn't need to know that i'm panicking because i'm having an equipment failure they just need to get to enjoy this awesome first match in this incredible tournament well <laughs> what a great way to start this show. I had wiped that from my brain. <laughs> I, I had honestly forgotten about that story until we started talking about the match. And I'm like, wait, that's a significant part of this match that nobody knows about. I, I had to. Never again. Never again. I hope.
Huh. These are the kinds of stories you'll only get right here on AEW Unrestricted. We'll be back with more on AEW Unrestricted. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. AEW Unrestricted, Aubrey and Will, we're back here. We're talking talk. Talk, talk. Yeah, you know, we, talk, we've talk, been talk. back a little bit from full gear. Spent an entire week in Los Angeles, which for me, it's the place to be. To live and die in LA. Shout out Tupac. But um, <laughs> to, you know, it's I, I much was cooler hanging out with you, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I was born in Los Angeles. And so it's, it, it's always nostalgic for me to go home because I left LA 1994. I was seven years old. And seven, like for a lot of people, they're like, you didn't grow up there. That doesn't count. And I'm like, no, like for me, Seven years old was when I discovered so many things that make me who I am today, right? Like, I, I played Street Fighter for the first time. And, like, I'm an oh, obsessive yeah. Street Fighter player, so that's, like, a big deal to me. I discovered the Power Rangers for the first time. And, like, anybody who's looked at my Dude. background knows that's a big deal. I watched pro wrestling every Saturday, 6.05 Eastern on the Superstation. I watched, which is TBS, by the way. Hey. But I watched pro, I learned to watch pro wrestling, like, all of that stuff. And so, like, L.A. for me, whenever I get to go back i become a kid again for that little bit of time and to be there for that entire week and i i made sure i like set my phone to not play any music i had a rental car the whole time and i played no music that came out after 1994 just to make sure that i'm like in my old la mindset it was fun you drove her that's right i drove you around um yeah we had to no, drive we, back we had from whole oh boy that, yeah. that hour from Ontario to LA, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to AEW fans. You made that drive. So, uh, fun segue. You moved out of LA when you were uh, in 1994, correct? Mm-hmm. Do you know who was not alive in 1994? Our youngest ever AEW TBS champion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. But, oh, let me date yourself. But hey. <laughs> but yeah, no. Shout out to Julia Hart uh, becoming the TBS champion. Uh, I was so happy to see that. Uh, that was such a, a, a cool match altogether. Everything came together for that. Um, Sky Blue had brand new music. Chris Statlander with her dodgeball gear. Uh, Everything about that I thought was just well done. And then the three of them, I felt like, all had something to prove in a sense. I love the fact that when you look at the history of that title and you look at the fact that it was Jade Cargill and then it went from Jade to Chris Statlander and it went from Chris Statlander to Julia Hart. And these are all homegrown AEW talents. People who, Mm -hmm. you know, Chris Statlander of course had... uh, she had a bit of a presence, but for the most part, these were names that were established to the wide audience on AEW television. Correct. For that belt to really represent that, I think is really cool. And for Julia Hart to be the next step in that and to to hold the championship the way she's gotten to and she's already had successful title defenses, I think that's really cool. I think it's awesome because I, I completely forget at times, I know we were talking about the Jacksonville era in our last segment, but... I forget that she was a cheerleader when she came in. Really? <laughs> like if it's like so frequently because she's just grown into this completely different person. And mind you, like we've all grown, right? Like she's married now, she's she's got a title, she's been working in wrestling for a number of years. But 
to know that she came in like that and then has made this transition so seamlessly, but it's almost like this character fits better for her. It's so great. And I love, obviously, we're all very much like, okay, show happened, go on Twitter, look at the look at the response, blah, 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 blah. And I always see positive things said about Julia Hart. Absolutely. She's one of those people that I think fans recognize the amount of work she's put in because there is so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't know. And I think even though they don't know the specifics of everything she's done, they can see the result of that. It was one of those things where she won the title and I don't think anyone was disappointed. I I would make that bet because no one in the locker room was disappointed. And then no one online, I didn't see anyone be like, oh, you know, Julia Hart, blah, blah. It's like, no, we, she's literally like, she's spooky, (laughs) but she's a sweetheart. (laughs) And we're all very happy for her. I think the thing that I've enjoyed most about Julia Hart uh, since she's been in AEW, and it's only been, what, two and a half years, just thinking about what she's added to every act she's been a part of in a way where she makes it her own, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. I, I thought the Varsity Blondes were enhanced by adding Julie Hart. It was all of a sudden like- 100%. Oh, here was that missing piece. This was the piece that they needed. And now they feel like a complete act. And then it was like with the House of Black, House of Black had a lot going for him, but I feel like by adding Julia Hart, when she showed up, what was that, Double or Nothing 2023 as a part of the House of Black officially? Or 2022, sorry. Yeah, obviously it wasn't six months ago. This is, she's been there a while, but- in the uh, the match with Death Triangle, when she showed up in that match, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, now this act feels like the, it feels like a family. Now it feels like they have all of the pieces that they need. And again, now that she's got the TBS Championship, I think now she feels a little more complete. Just with her, the the sky is the limit. Like when you really think about the fact that she is as young as she is, she is the youngest AEW champion ever. Ever. There's so much more to go with her. I I was really proud of her. I I told her that she's got so much more to go in her wrestling career. So good. There was a number of incredible matches on that show. And I I mean, if we talk about Full Gear, it's kind of hard not to talk about Swerve and Hangman. And just like... (laughs) like, I I will uh, tell you, by this point, I've probably seen that match like, Six or seven times now. Really? And uh, I'll say that that match was insanity. Whew. That match was a bloody mess. But That's an understatement. The thing <laughs> I loved about that match was how much of the violence in that match was meaningful. Mm-hmm. Literally everything that they did was a callback to something. Where it was like, oh, here's Hangman stapling his child's art to Swerve's face. Literally, the artwork, because Swerve ripped up artwork when he broke into the house three weeks ago, or three weeks prior, right? And then you had Swerve pulling out a cinder block. The thing that turned Swerve into who who we know today of this this evil, maniacal man that has been terrorizing people for the last year was when he hauled out a cinder block and stomped on Keith Lee's chest. Everything here. And then even pulling out the chain. The very thing that Hangman won with when he won his last Texas death match with Moxley. Everything here was was meaningful. And it's crazy that this was almost like artfully violent. I like to I like to say that it's not violence for violence sake. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what whether or not those are the words that people use in particular for it. But 
I, I've said publicly before, I don't really like violence. It's part of the reason that what drew me to wrestling is that it's the, the theater aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. But when it's done properly and it's done very well, it's one of those things that as an artist, we can appreciate it. A fun, a fun thing that happened is the, the match that immediately followed it was Jericho and Kenny versus the Young Bucks. And so we were in Jericho's room calling the match as the TV is on and showing this massive bloody battle, right? And there were multiple moments where we we're just calling the match, doing whatever, and we have to stop and watch because it was just, oh, oh, he literally just stapled his own chest. Oh, that's cool. And then go back to calling and then, oh. Oh, that barbed wire. Oh, oh. And then just go back. And it was, it was, it was stopping art for the sake of art. Like it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what I loved about it too was that I think it gave both guys a chance to remind the world of who they are. Um, like for Hangman, that's a little bit easier, right? Because this was his fourth Texas death match. He faced Correct. Lance Archer, he faced Adam Cole, he faced John Moxley. And that's something, this was an environment that we're familiar with him in. For Swerve, like, for somebody who's known Swerve a long time, this shouldn't surprise you. This was, like, stuff that he's, you know, we, we saw him face A.R. Fox and Lucha Underground, and those two practically murdered each other at Swerve with CZW champion. If you followed his career, you know that this is the stuff he's capable of. But for a lot of people who have only known him the last couple of years, they didn't necessarily know this side of him. And so this was kind of a chance for people to get to see this side of him. The thing I loved most about this match is that at the end of the day, it was the most AEW thing I think they could have possibly done. It's one of those matches where by the end like of it, line. halfway through the match, the crowd is chanting AEW. And fans tend to do that when they're happy with something they saw. But in this particular case, I looked up and I thought, this is every reason to chant AEW. Because you're not going to get this anywhere else. This is something that you can only get on an AEW pay-per-view at an AEW show. And the fans were genuinely pleased by it. And like I said, I've seen it multiple times now. It's surprisingly like I keep thinking the next person I show it to is going to go, oh, turn it off, turn it off. But they can't stop watching. And they're like, okay, I feel squeamish about this, but I can't turn it off because I'm like intrigued by where this is going. By the end of it, they're like, that was really good. That was very good. I thought you could f truly feel the hatred between these two. I thought by the end of it, they put on a show. And I was very, very pleased with how that all came out. My favorite part about the response of the match is we all know Hangman is a star. And he's he's been AEW champion. He's been with the company since day one. Like He's an incredible human being. But this match cemented not only Hangman, but also Swerve as these are the future of AEW. Like these two guys. And I don't think there's any question there because you see what they're capable of. Like, okay, what else can they do? <laughs> what else can they do with other people? Like they're unstoppable now. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, I think that, you know, one of the things I want to see from these two, because it's one of those things where like, there's almost no sense of forgiveness now. Like where you've gone, you know how when a, a feud ends or a match ends, it's like, okay, maybe we can see these two eventually team one day or see anything from the... And I'm like, no, you broke into no. this man's house. No, you <laughs> literally stapled this man's face. At this point, I want them to be like Peter Griffin and the chicken. Like, they just see each other <laughs> and it's just like, it's on every single time that these two come face to face because they've gone to levels that 
two men haven't necessarily ever gone to in AEW. Yeah, I I just I oh my god. Oh, this match was good. I'm speechless. It was awesome. There's there's more to talk about. I'm sure we've got so much more to talk about. We're coming up on another whole pay-per-view here on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted, it's Aubrey and Will. We're back and we're talking about a little bit of everything. We talked about Full Gear. We talked about the Continental Classic. And we can't talk about any of those things without talking about our upcoming pay-per-view. It's happening live. Nassau Coliseum, December 30th. Tickets are on sale now, awtix.com. And it's our last pay-per-view of the year. And <laughs> we can't possibly fit in another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we decide to do one on Sunday, the 31st, why not? That's but, a lot of travel. It's got to change then. <laughs> yeah. But Saturday, December 30th, last pay-per-view of the year. And it's great, too, because honestly, uh, I think December has always been a little bit of, I won't call it a lull period, right? Because we've we've always had winter is coming, and that's always been kind of a big deal for AEW. Mm-hmm. But there, it, there's always been such a giant gap between Full Gear and Revolution. It feels like, honestly, the biggest gap we have. And to be able well, to... it was. Yeah, to plug that in a little bit and to have World's End fill that, we now know that the AEW World Championship will be on the line, MJF defending it in his hometown. It's an arena that he's talked about time and time again. We've actually run UBS Arena on Long Island multiple times. They are consistently the MJF show every time we go. But this time, we're going to an arena that Max has talked about. He grew up attending. He saw multiple shows at. It's a historic arena. It's a venue that wrestling is almost synonymous with. And here we have World's End happening right before our eyes. Nassau Coliseum, Samoa Joe challenging for the AEW World Championship. We've seen Samoa Joe challenge before. We saw this at Grand Slam, but something feels different this time around because of the fact that Samoa Joe, of course, is no longer the Ring of Honor World Television Champion. He relinquished that title, and he is 100% focused on making sure Max gets to World's End with that title in hand, around his waist, around his shoulder. Depends on what mood Max is in. But he's going to make sure that he gets there with the championship. And and we also have the looming presence of the devil. We're all trying to figure this out, right? And like the the obvious... I have my theories. The obvious answer is that it's Max. (laughs) I, I don't think it is. But at the same time, look, we've seen... We haven't seen the devil and Max in the same place. True. But at the same time, Max has been one to kind of, the old Max at least. <laughs> and I believe the old Max is in there just a little bit. The old Max, I would say the new Max, isn't the type of guy to do things behind your back. He's going to do it to your face. But the old Max, on the other hand, has worn that mask before and hidden his agendas and identities behind that mask. So it is interesting to watch this unfold, watch this play out. Everybody is speculating on who it is, but nobody really knows. Aubrey, what's your theory? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say it out loud because I, I want it to be right. <laughs> and if it's right, it'd be a big surprise. So I've, I've read all of the theories online of like, oh, it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so, it's so-and-so. And I'm like, all of them make sense. And there's little clues throughout, right? Like, it's one of the things that's super fun about being a long-term wrestling fan more than just watching one-off matches is 
watching people be detectives anytime something happens with this devil character and they go oh this is new and then the, and you see that like the one gif from um it's always sunny where the guys like got all the the lines on the wall and yeah. he's just like oh i don't know what it is like <laughs> so that's that's what i secretly have off frame is like a whole like devil's in the middle and then there's just string everywhere <laughs> well look, I mean, there, there's so much looming here and there's so uh much at stake but more than that the world title is on the line MJF has been officially, he's the longest reigning AEW world champion. And that's across all world titles now because yes. he officially passed Hikaru Shida for having been the longest reigning world champion, period. Over a year, over 365 yeah. days. He made it. Congrats. I'll give him that. He is officially the longest reigning world champ. And so the question now is, can he hang on to it with a focused Samoa Joe? I don't think so. Joe's scary. Max even said it in the press conference after full gear. Like Joe is a scary man. He's scary. He's massive. And now knowing that he is focused and doesn't have this other title that he has to worry about, like that's even more threatening. This is going to be a great match as a fan because I get to watch the two of them beat the hell up. It's awesome. But it kind of, in my mind, isn't as sure of a thing that I think maybe Max might think it is. Like this could go either way. Yeah, I think that the one thing that Max has going for him is the people. That he is their scumbag. And uh, there's no place more scumbaggy than, than Long Island, <laughs> New York. They love their Max. They loved him before he was the Max we know today. They loved him all along. And they will continue to be behind him. It was like Brett in Canada. Every time that man's in Long Island. Like, yeah. And I think it's going to be... Hated everywhere else. But there, oh my God, he's a hero. And now he's loved everywhere else. And so I can't imagine what this is about to be like in this arena. It's going to be something. Samoa Joe ha definitely has his back against the wall in terms of the fans. But at the same time, Samoa Joe has shown zero fear of MJF this entire time. So much so that he is acting now as MJF's protector. Weird. He is working to make sure that Max makes it to World's End. And I think... That's kind of a cool thing in itself. That kind of feels like when a cat catches a mouse and then they just sort of play with it a little bit before they kill it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the wrestling equivalent. So I think this is fun. I think this is cool. And I, I'm looking forward to World's End. I'm looking forward to everything else that's going to end up on World's End. We're going to have the finals of the Continental Classic. Uh, we're going to know by World's End who is the victor out of the Blue League and who's the victor out of the Gold League. And uh, we should see a dope match then. There's a lot that, that can happen on that card. And I think that AEW always delivers on pay-per-view. And this is one where people should definitely give it their shot. It's going to be available on all your normal means of pay-per-view. Bleacher Report, we're going to be on traditional pay-per-view. And of course, Fight TV internationally. You do not want to miss World's End. It's going to be good. To quote Mr. Khan on our last podcast we had with him, like we've been on an excellent string of pay-per-views, probably the best in company history. Even before that specific string, it's, I feel like AEW does pay-per-views, I don't want to say like differently, but they're just always special. Yeah. That even though this is, this will now be our 26th pay-per-view, 26 still feels as special as number one. There's still so many cool things that people do. People bring their A game. We always have all of these awesome stories, either wrapping up or starting or hitting key storytelling moments. Like they're always engaging. The crowds are always hot, regardless of where we are. If you have the opportunity to go to an AEW pay per view and you don't, 
I don't know what you're doing. Like, <laughs> you're wasting yeah, your time. I, I always recommend it. And you're going to be seeing some matches that you've never seen for at all, to, to put on my creative hat for a second. There's going to be matches on this card that have never happened before. And Fingers crossed. Yeah, and so <laughs> I, I think that you should give this pay-per-view a shot. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to spending my day before New Year's in New York. I'm going straight from Orlando to New York. So are, are you going home at all in that time period? No, I have Oklahoma City to San Antonio t- to New York to visit my in-laws to Orlando back to New York. Oh, wow. Yeah. So my, uh, I think the, the last half of December, I'm just not home. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least it ends with a pay-per-view. Like it's, yeah. it's one of those exciting things that it kind of keeps building and building and building. Like I love San Antonio. The crowd there is great. Uh, we've never been to Oklahoma City before. And even though my, they stole my basketball team, I may be excited to be there. Oh, man. This, this feels like sacrilege. Oh, yeah. Oh, you should ref in some kind of Sonics stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm doing my nails in Sonics colors. Like okay. it's already, it was determined yeah. well before this date even showed up on the calendar. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but like Oklahoma City, I'm sorry. I'm walking in a heel. I'm leaving a heel. Screw you guys. You took our Sonics. <laughs> but, I can't wait to see heel Aubrey in mm, Oklahoma City for just. Your, your mistake was thinking that I was ever a baby face in the first place. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be good. But yeah, no, there's there's a lot of fun events to close out the air. Like we've spent so much time in Orlando. We had an awesome revolution was in Orlando that one time. We've done mm-hmm. so many episodes of Dark. Like going back to Orlando always feels super great because it's like, oh, right. Yeah, no, this is we've spent a ton of time here and it's awesome. And these fans were always so welcoming and exciting. And it's always a good time to be an AEW fan. But I think this this year is going to round itself out nicely. And that's actually going to be an exciting Dynamite, too, because that Dynamite will have the finals of the Blue League and the Gold League. And the Gold League. Yeah, so we will see both leagues represented on that show. That's crazy. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy great time. No matter what, don't miss that show. Like, I I, pretty much it's day after Christmas. I am flying out to Orlando. I'm going to spend a few days in Orlando, hit Universal Studios, do some fun stuff, and then head straight to New York. So I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a good year. It's a great way to end the year. And then looking at 2024, we've already got like a ton of awesome cities we're going to be hitting. Some old, some new. I'm stoked. I know. I've never gotten a hit. Uh, like I've been to Jacksonville as a fan. I have never been to Daly's Place. Dude, we're going to Burrito Gallery. It's awesome. Yeah. All right. I'm excited. <laughs> I've never been to Daly's Place. As a matter of fact, one of my my worst stories ever as a fan was uh, took place in Jacksonville because... I ended up having to sleep in my car. It was very bad. Uh, I don't recommend that. Yeah. It turns, well, it, it turns out that it was during the pandemic. I had come for, what show was that? The House Always Wins. Oh, the super secret house show that nobody ever saw. Yeah, I know. So I, I went to that show and I stayed kind of late. I, I, I chilled with some people and I ended up going to a Waffle House and it was a good time. And then uh, I was like, all right, let me go check into my hotel. And I go check into my hotel, and I guess pandemic hours for this hotel, check-in hours ended at 11. There was nobody working the desk, and security's like, yeah, I can't let you in. And I'm like, wait, wait, I just got to check into my hotel. And they said, sorry. Because I even told myself before heading to uh, Daly's place, I'm like, 
just go check in. And I go, no, I'll be fine. I can check in afterwards. And I couldn't check in. I was so mad. And I went to sleep in my car. And then a cop comes by and is like, hey, you can't sleep here. And I'm like, can I sleep in your car? Like, where am I supposed to go? <laughs> I know. I was like, where am I supposed to go? He's like, doesn't matter. Can't sleep here. And so the moral of this story is don't ever say it'll be fine because it won't. Yeah. <laughs> I ended up just hitting the road and I'm like, I just have to drive. And I don't know where I'm going to drive, but I'm just going to drive. And I drove on the highways until I saw a rest area. And I thought, that's what this is for. And so I pulled off into a rest area and slept in my car till the next morning. It's literally quite named that for that specific reason. Yes. And, and that is an experience I do not recommend to anybody. Check into your hotel if you have a chance. Now, these days, the hotels are open 24 hours again. So, like, not a big deal. But at that point... Well, well, let's make sure your next Jacksonville experience is a little bit better than that one. Because, oh, my God. <laughs> it'll be way better than that. Because I at least have AEW Travel to take care of me on all of that. And Shout out to the travel team. Bryce, Paul, and Emily. They're killing it. Yes. And then you also can check out AEW every single place Almost every night of the week, you can get AEW Dynamite every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on TBS. You've got AEW Rampage every Friday, TNT at 10 p.m. You've got AEW Collision every Saturday, 8 p.m. TNT. We've also got Ring of Honor every Thursday on Honor Club. We've got this podcast that drops every Thursday on your podcast feeds. And then you've got the video version that drops every Monday. Do you have anything else, Aubrey? Nope, I don't. I just have that uh, this was an awesome episode. I always love chatting with you, Will. Of course, it's always great. I am Will. She's Aubrey. I am Will Aubrey. I'm Aubrey. I almost said I'm Will. (laughs) (laughs) I am not Will. (laughs) That's all right. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Bye. Come on, throw your hands up. Let me see you. Unrestricted. Got the house now. We gonna turn it up, up. Bring the house down. Got that big space pumping. Make them bounce now. Blousing like they bouncing in the freaks of